Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Hallelujah. We are, we're continuing with the series that we began. This is part four. And the series is entitled Love's Plan. And we've got one more to conclude next week, Love's Plan, with part five. But boy, it's so good. And you, you, all of us are, are living on planet Earth. We're in the last days. And boy, you don't want to be on this Earth in these days without knowing love's plan. It is essential. And we, we talked about it last week. And can you imagine a team being on the field and not knowing the game plan? That would be a disaster. Well, we don't want, we don't want that to be the case uh, for this highway family. And we're going to do everything we can to help you get in on the game of God's salvation and love for you and the world around you. He has a plan, and it's a, it's a, it's a perfect plan. It's a plan that uh, is full of the, the, the provision of heaven. It's a plan full of the wisdom of heaven. It's a plan full of the healing power of heaven, of the strength of heaven, of the direction of heaven, of uh, the righteousness of heaven. This is love's plan, and this is what we're focusing on. Um, we we gave you a, a couple little uh, bullet points, three key points to summarize this study, and we said that uh, God, who is love, created man in his own image. So if you want to know the plan, you've got to know that, first of all, you were created in his image. And point number two, you were created in his image to fellowship with him, to know him personally, and to work together with him to bring about his plan, his salvation to the world around you. And point number three is that the New Testament church is the Father's plan to spread his salvation into the world today. And in this series, uh, we are looking at three relationships with God the Father. We started with Abraham, who's the father of our faith. The New Testament church has its beginning in Abraham, who was 430 years before the law was ever given. He had a relationship with God that's very important. It was based simply on what God had said. And that's what the Father desires to have with you. It's simply based on what he said. We hear what he says, and then we build our lives on it. And the second relationship we looked at last week was the Old Testament church, what I'm calling the Old Testament church, which began with the Mosaic Covenant at Mount Sinai with the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, and the Levitical priesthood, the system of worship that was, that was in place for about almost 1,500 years. So we have about 2,500 years of human history from Adam up until Mount Sinai. Then we've got about 1,500 years of the Mosaic Covenant. Then we've got Jesus coming on the scene to begin a whole new covenant, a whole new testament. And, and, uh, and that takes us to today, 2023. So really, the, as we said last week, that period of the Old Testament covenant, the Mosaic covenant, was only about 25% of our human history. 
okay? Prior to that, we have 2,500 years of God doing everything he, can, he could to uh, bring his salvation into man's life, to reveal himself to mankind, and then we have uh, Christ coming into the earth. So we're not going to go back and touch on that. Christ being the culmination of Love's all plan. of this Absolutely, thing, absolutely, right? absolutely, absolutely. All of this, oh, Abraham, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moses, mm-hmm. all of it was to get to Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. And this was amazing. I really want to encourage you to read read the Bible. Um <laughs> really. Sounds simple, right? It is. I think but, a lot of people assume they know it me. and don't read They're it. Both. You know what I'm saying? So assume, oh, I know what it says and don't don't yeah. read it. There but. might have been one in my house. I'm not sure. Right. Growing up. Right. But if it was, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Know, nor did anyone in my family. You know? And and it's very, very sad because you've got the game plan right here. Yeah. And I want to encourage you, I don't understand everything I read in the Bible. So don't try it. But we have the Holy Spirit. But you got the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. who will teach you the Bible. Yeah, we can ask him. So we're not reading a a stale book. We're reading a living word from heaven. And we have the author living inside of us. Mm -hmm. And he will teach you the love. He will teach you love's plan. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Read through it. We have got in our hands, in our possession, love's plan. And it is powerful. We've got this accurate supernatural recording of God's unstoppable, unrelenting love for you. All right here. Genesis all the way to Malachi, Matthew all the way to Revelation. We have this this recording for all of us to learn and grow strong from of God's perfect love for mankind. Perfect. I mean, he never quit on us. He never backed off. He never, he never uh, decreased his love for us. He's loved us perfectly since he created us in his image back in Genesis. It's amazing. And there's nothing that anyone could do to, to lessen God's passion and love for you. He loves you perfectly, always has, and always will. Now, also in the Bible, which is kind of difficult to read, we have this accurate recording of mankind's hard-heartedness toward God. Yow, it's hard to read sometimes. There's some horrific things in here that came about because man just flat rejected God, hardened his heart toward God, and said, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to believe what I choose to believe, regardless of what you said, regardless of how much you love me. And if you look back through human history, and we got good news for you, so don't tune me out here, but you're going to see a lot of horrific things in human history, a lot of things that are hard to read. I mean, you just look back in the last 50 years in the USA or 100 years in you know, contemporary history, so terrible things have happened. Uh, Why is that? Well, because man chose to reject God and hardened his heart toward God. You know, everything looks different when you understand that people represent what they believe. Mm. And nations are made up of people. That's right. Yeah. And so if people represent what they believe, nations then represent what the Mm. people believe. And so you might think that's, um, so simplistic, but the reason conflicts exist yep. are because of what people believe. There are those who yep. are 
believing in accordance with God in his mm-hmm. word as it's been given to us and has been preached to us. And then there are those, as you said, who have hardened their heart or just simply oppose what they have heard sure. from God and from sure. his word. And so it's really good, I think, to look at life through that lens, to understand that history isn't just some history, I don't know, just kind of random. No, it's oh, no, no. representative yes, of people's so. beliefs very and specific. how they are relating to God and his truth, right? Yeah, and as I read through the scriptures, like I said, sometimes it's very difficult to read because sure. you see the, the, the evil things that man did to each other. I mean, woof. But you see God, no matter what, continues loving us and continues working to bring his salvation to mankind, to save mankind from ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he, he does everything he can to keep mankind from destroying themselves. Isn't that amazing? That's mm-hmm. how much he loves us. Now, prior to Christ's coming, I'm going to keep going. That's good. Stop one, one thing. Go, all okay, of, go all of the, I'm sorry. All of that was to say decisions have origins. That's they what, sure do. That's what's in my. They sure do. That's what's rolling around in me. Decisions have origins. Yeah. And if we can discern decisions and not just think of them as, well, why did that happen? But to look at the origin of that decision and often at the yeah. bottom of it is yeah. either uh, a thinking and a belief relating to God or one opposed to him. It's true. So, it's true. And you're right. Uh, God has a plan. Yeah, and, um, yeah. In spite of all of that. <laughs> sure, sure. And we have the option to join up with it. It was God's plan for earth to be paradise, for there to be no storms, no sickness, no disease, no crime, no wars. Perfect. That's how he created it, that yeah. we would enjoy this unhindered fellowship with him. Now, man threw that away, rejected that, and chose uh, the mess that we're in today. <laughs> but I want you to know, there's good news. There's, there's uh, love's plan is in, is in, uh, full, is intact. It's in full force. It's available to anyone who would believe it. Yeah. You can start experiencing today, even in the midst of the crazy world we're living in. Okay. So prior to Christ, we looked in part one through three. Yes. Prior to Christ, the fathers, the forefathers, we call them, we talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, in uh, in the prophets, they were all looking for Christ. There, there were prophecies about Christ. They had visions of Christ. They had little tastes of Christ. Abraham met Christ as Melchizedek. But they never got to experience the salvation of Christ that we have available yeah. to us today. That was the promise everyone was looking for, and we're living in that day now. When the salvation, the, the full favor of salvation of God is available to anyone who believes because we're living after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit descended in Acts chapter 3. We're living in the age of grace, okay, a very important period of time. Now, the permanent solution, the permanent, don't you love permanent solutions? A solution that that fixes it permanently? I love that. I don't like temporary ones. Mm -hmm. They have to go back and fix again. Mm -hmm. God brought his permanent solution for the hard-heartedness of man into the earth. But now in order for the hard-hearted 
man, for man's hard heart to be fixed, the solution had to come through a man because man was responsible for what happened. So God had to bring a new man into the earth because the Bible calls him the last Adam. The first Adam wrecked the whole thing. So man caused it. Man had to fix it. Very important to understand that. So God implemented this plan, this new man that God was going to bring into the earth. This is the, this is the precursor of the New Testament church. That's why we're talking about it. That's the relationship we're on now. This new man that God was bringing into the earth, he had to be directly conceived in the womb of a woman by God without man's interference. There's no way for that to happen except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because man's bloodline was contaminated. Man, every man now had the nature of sin in them. And there's no way that this new man could come into the earth if, he, if the seed in the womb of that woman came from the bloodline of a sin-contaminated man. I don't know if you know all this yet or not, but it's very important. <laughs> there needed to be a man come into the earth whose blood was from heaven, was conceived from the seed and DNA of God. And that's why we're about to celebrate Christmas here in a few weeks. Yeah. Right? The Holy Spirit uh, sent Gabriel to Mary and spoke to Mary and said, you're going to conceive a son. His name's Jesus. She didn't understand that because she was not, uh, she was espoused to be married, but she had never been with a man. And she said, how can this be? And he said, I'll tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and in your womb will be conceived the Son of God. Now, this is very important. This was the new man that was going to change everything. Actually, I, we talked about Abraham several weeks back. This mm -hmm. very reminiscent mm -hmm. to me of Sarah. Abraham mm -hmm. and how... Yeah. Well, and just how God approached Abraham, here mm. comes Gabriel approaching Mary, mm -hmm. and uh, Abraham said, what will be, uh, what, what will you do, or what mm -hmm. is your promise to me that these mm -hmm. things will be done? And uh, here is Mary saying similarly, how, how, how will this be done? And mm -hmm. uh, just the faith attitude, I think, of Mary even is, is likened Absolutely. unto Abraham that we talked about previously. Absolutely. It's so good. That's By so the good. power of the Spirit and the faith of, and the, the heart of a person. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. What so, a powerful combination. Oh, unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> the prophet Joel, Joel. Yes. Old Testament prophet Joel, he prophesied that our blood would be cleansed. He's prophesying of the New Testament that what Christ would do. In order for us to be made new, in order for mankind to, to have a new nature, for that sin nature to be removed from mankind and a new nature to, to be planted in mankind, we had to be reborn from a new blood that was not contaminated with that nature. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, you must be born from above. Mm -hmm. 
all right? So God sent his son into the womb of a woman, a virgin, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this new man, he not only had to be conceived by God directly, but then he had to be wrapped in human flesh. So you've got this new man conceived by God, and then wrapped in human flesh. It's just, I love thinking about it. It's amazing. And then he had to live his life as a man on earth, same earth we're living on, living in, and, dem- and, and walk. He had to live his life as life was meant to be lived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How was life meant to be lived? In fellowship in with God. With God yeah. So he lived his life, even as a boy we see in Luke's account. He had set his heart on being about the Father's business. And he was demonstrating to all of us what life was meant to be. So young people out there, 8, 9, 10 years old, your life is about knowing him. And you will begin enjoying life like you've never enjoyed it before when you choose to be about knowing God as your Father through faith in Christ. Very powerful. So that's what he did. He, he not only lived his life unto God, he represented God to the world around him, and then he gave his life as a man, this new man, this God man, to pay the price for the last Adam's sin and the sin that we all were born of. Excuse me, the first Adam's sin, yes, correct. The first Adam, By last, you meant previous. Yeah, the previous one, exactly. But Bible refers to Adam as the first The first first Adam, Adam. correct. That's what I meant, yeah. So he did all this for us. Now, Jesus lived a perfect life before the Father. He was conceived by the Spirit of God, the very seed of God, the woman wrapped in human flesh, demonstrated to us the will and nature of the Father, then gave his life for us. Why did he do that? Well, that was, that was a big part of the plan, but that was not the goal of the plan. That was a, a means to get to the goal. The goal of the plan was so that you and me could become part of God's family, that we could be reborn, born from the same seed of God that Jesus was born from through faith in Christ and be filled with the same spirit that Jesus was filled with. Wow. Love's plan. And then we could live life in fellowship with God unto God, being about the Father's business and transform the world around us. Right. I like that. And he said, for as many as would receive. Yeah. As many as would receive. It's available receive. to anyone. There's no limit? No There's, limit. God's uh-uh. not. Uh, any person, uh, anywhere, anytime. Already predecided who's no, going to get it. No, 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 no. For no. as many. Well, he predecided everybody. That's what he predecided. That's right. The That's whole exactly world. Right. Every human being. He made it possible. It, he, he predecided this is going to be for everybody. That's right. For as many so as would receive. So love the world. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. So no matter who you are or where you're from, love's plan is totally available to you. That's right. All you need to do to activate and access it is receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Put your faith in who Christ is and in what he's done for you through his ministry, his his, uh, crucifixion, 
his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He did it for you. Now, this is very powerful. Let's look at this in Ezekiel chapter 36. We're going Again, this, we're talking New Testament. There's a lot about the New Testament and the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The only way to understand the Old Testament is through the New Testament, okay? Ezekiel 36, he's prophesying about the hard-heartedness of man. He said God's going to change. He's going he's to give man the opportunity to have his hard heart removed and a fresh new heart installed. Again, anybody. 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 It's all based on faith. Anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. To all who would receive. Amen. Absent. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Prophetic now. I will give you a new heart. Oh, thank you, Father. (laughs) Thank you for new hearts. Amen. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Many believers don't realize when they put their faith in Christ, they got a new heart, a new nature. They're not sinners anymore. Now they're righteous. Now they have the nature of God in them. Mm -hmm. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart. I will remove from you your heart of stone. That's a hard heart right there. Yes, a stony heart. Stony heart. And give you a heart of flesh. This is talking about what Christ would do for us through his finished work, what he would make available to us. And he's not done yet. So I'm going to give you a new heart. It's going to replace that hard-hearted, resistant heart that got you in so much trouble. I'm going to give you a new heart that's alive to me, that hears my voice and responds to me. And, not done yet, and in addition to what I just said, I will put my very own spirit in you. And move you, infuse you with strength, move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Verse 28, you will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. Wow. That's a powerful prophecy and Jesus fulfilled that. To the letter. So now through faith in Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, your stony heart is removed and you're given a new heart. You become actually a literal new person, a new creature, a new creation born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Many believers don't realize that. One of the reasons they don't realize they haven't been taught well, and also also because our soul and our body are not changed right away. Sure. Our spirit is made new. We're still looking at our same self. Yeah, you you look in the mirror, you might not look at it, you might be smiling, I don't know, but you might not look at it. And your emotions, yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) 
your your mind still needs to be renewed. You need to learn the the depth and power of what just happened when you put your faith in Christ. That's so good. And then you need to let that resurrection life of Christ that's in your spirit begin to regularly flow from your spirit into your soul, your emotions, your mind, and into your body. And then you begin to experience in your soul and in your body this new life that Christ came to give you. All right? I was just thinking that not too long ago as we were studying how I didn't know any of this whenever I first gave I my you. life to Christ. Yeah. And that's not unusual. You don't have to understand everything Mm-mm. to put your faith in Christ. A lot of us came to Christ um, mm, for different reasons, but one yeah. of the primary reasons we hear often is that your sins will be forgiven. Um, you know, that your sins which will is, be forgiven is, is part true. of it. That's yeah, exactly that. true. Yeah. And, or that you'll go to heaven. You know, this that's, is your guarantee. That's part of it, And too. that's part of it, too. So many of us came to him on a partial understanding is all that I'm trying to say here. That's a partial right. understanding. And once you, by faith, receive him on whatever level all, and you continue with him, mm. all of these things begin to open up to you. And what I think is so beautiful is what you said, that this happens for the individual. The stony mm. heart is removed yep. and a heart of flesh uh, that mm. God mm. Can, mm. can mold and God can teach and God can direct and yes. God can lead and God can change. That happens on an individual level, yes. And it is contrasted to what so we good. talked about before. Remember the Israelites with their heart and heart. That's of the old covenant exactly of a time right. in the past. And That's here we right. are in that age of grace that you mentioned, mm. the church age, mm, mm, where now that way of knowing God through commandments on stone, uh, that is it's not, over. It's, it's over. over. And now we're it's in over. this place, not only as individuals, new but hearts. as the church, we have new hearts responsive to God and to his spirit. Isn't it saying that it give us a new spirit, his very own spirit he gives us. And I just say, how important is it again for the church to know the spirit of God in ways that if you've never been curious about him or you put him away because you thought he was strange <laughs> or you didn't understand, this Holy Spirit is a major, uh, major differentiation from the old covenant and the old stone mm, and the mm, old mm, way. Mm, and mm, now we live in the time when we receive mm, our spirit comes alive and we receive the spirit of God. So not only, again, is this a picture of an individual whose life has changed, oh, of yeah. which I am one and I'm grateful, mm. but also for all time and in this age that the old covenant has passed. And now we have this opportunity to have God dwell in us by his spirit and to know him mm. like was never possible before. So good of him. Mm. I love this. Mm. I love it. This is why at Highway we focus on three things, who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. When you grow in the knowledge of these three things, you will be unstoppable. Satan will not be able to play with you anymore. Uh, You'll see right through his schemes, and you will continue moving forward in Christ. You'll fulfill your destiny. I just want to read you uh, a few scriptures, then we're going to pray, about this new creation. Okay, this new, this new person that you become yes. when you put your faith in Christ. One of my favorites, 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ. Anyone? 
anyone. <laughs> be in Christ. They put their faith in Christ. That's how you, you put your faith in him. There is, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. It's all gone. All the junk passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now all these new things are from God. What's new? Love, joy, (laughs) peace, well-being, wholeness, strength, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control prosperity, all these things are from God, who reconciled, past tense, us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he reconciled us to Christ, and now he's given us this ministry to spread the word. Yes. Read you another scripture about this new, new creation, this new you, this new man that came through the last Adam. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore, because you're a new creature now, there is therefore now no condemnation. For Again, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. How can I be in Christ Jesus? I put my faith in his resurrection on my behalf. And with my mouth I confess him, Jesus, as Lord of my life. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Amen. Amen. One One more scripture. This is good. I'm going to read this one to you out of a few translations. Another one of my favorites. Galatians 2.20. This is the new you now. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to encourage you to meditate on these scriptures. Ezekiel 36, uh, 26 through 29, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Romans 8, 1 and 2, Galatians 2, 20. Let me read that to you out of the Passions translation, Galatians 2, 20. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. Amen. Amen Amen. to that. For the nails of his cross crucified me, my old identity, with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, my old identity, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life in the mind. He's infusing you with strength right now. That's what he does. 
He infuses us with his life and strength 24-7. One more translation, the mirror translation. Are you ready for this? So here I am, dead and alive at the same time. <laughs> dead and alive at the same time. <laughs> I'm dead like to the old me yes. I was trying to be and alive to the real me which is Christ in me. Co-crucified, now co-alive. What a glorious entanglement. I was in him in his death. Now I discover that he is infused in me in my life. For the first time, I'm free to be me in my skin. I had no idea when I received Christ that the real me would come alive. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I don't think anyone ever said that to me. No. But I learned that. If you don't know Christ, you haven't met the real you yet. The you that's struggling and, and making mistakes, that's not the real you. When you put your faith in Christ, the real you comes alive, and then you get to know the one that you were created to be. I was in him in his death, and now I discover that he is infused in me in my life. For the first time, I'm free to be in, I'm free to be me in my skin, immersed in his faith in our joint sonship. He loves me and believes in me. He loves you and believes in you. He is God's gift to me. So this is, is the heart of God. It was He sent his son Jesus, who obviously was an essential part of his plan, but the end goal was not Jesus coming, was not Jesus going to the cross, was not Jesus rising from the dead. The end goal is what Jesus would be the firstborn among many, that Jesus would be the first of a new family, the family of God that God would have endless sons and daughters. And that's what 1 John 3, 1 says. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that, that is, is what, what we, we are. are. That is what we are. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into this some more next week. We're going to get to the, the church because now, obviously, the New Testament church are, are those who've, put, who've been made new. That's right. If you've been made new by Christ, you're a part of the New Testament church. God always builds a family. It all started with a family. Yes, it did. He made man in his image, male and female. They become husband and wife, Adam and Eve, and they, be, they began to become fruitful and multiply. It's God's story always involves family. The New Testament church is God's family yeah. in the earth. And we're going to get into some specifics about that next week, and it's going to be so good. Don't miss it, all right? Now, you're, if you're a part of God's family, now I don't know how consistently you've uh, been connected with Highway. I don't know who might be listening today. But we want to invite you to connect with Highway Church because we are on a mission 
to uh, not only bring people into the family of God, but to those who are in the family of God, to see their eyes opened to the fullness of the gospel of grace. (laughs) To begin walking not in a part of it, but in all of it. In the whole counsel of God, in the fullness of this glorious gospel. We're all about that. Thank God for the little parts that may, we may have heard years ago. That's right. But we want to give right. you the whole deal. That's right. <laughs> Life abundantly. We want you to know who you are in Christ. We want you to know his very spirits in you, leading and guiding you. We want to help you grow in that relationship. So we're going to learn more about this next week when we look at the God's family. Yes. Every family has a mother and a father. Well, the New Testament church has fathers and mothers. They're, they're called the fivefold ministry. You're going to learn about this next week. Well, we're in the fivefold ministry. And you need the fivefold ministry in your life to help you fulfill your destiny. Okay? So we said last week, this is so good, at the conclusion of the Old Testament in Malachi, uh, it, it ends with a rebuke right, right. to the leaders in the Old Testament church because they were not teaching the people to tithe. Mm-hmm. And then God prophesies about what he's going to do. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons, sons to the father, and so forth. But I want you to look at what Jesus did now. The Mount says 400 years of silence after Malachi, before Jesus came. And Jesus comes on the earth now after all these years of silence. And he's in the temple in Mark chapter 12. Well, we're talking about love's plan, right? We're getting ready to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. This is, this is an essential part of love's plan. And we want you to participate with this. It's voluntary, but it is essential, okay? Mark chapter 12, here's Jesus. He's in the temple, right? He, he, went, he did it regularly, went to the temple, teaching, preaching, healing. And now he's not teaching everybody, but he's sitting across from the offering box. He's sitting across from the offering box in verse 41 of Mark chapter 12, and he's observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Now, this is God in the flesh. Remember how Old Testament, ended. there was a rebuking because tithing was not happening. God said, you're robbing from me. That's is a part of my plan. I want you to worship me with the tithes, with the offerings, so that, I can, so that there is a flow in my family, in my house. Okay? And now here comes God in the flesh hundreds of years later, and he's sitting in the temple, and you know he's thinking the same thing. Sure. And he sits there watching. It says many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents, it says here in the English. Jesus calls his disciples over. Now, let's imagine this. Let's bring this into real life, a modern-day church service. The pastor in front of everyone sits next to the offering container as people come up to give their offerings, and he watches the exact amounts they give. Mm -hmm. Would that be scandalous? (laughs) It shouldn't be. It's just Jesus. There's Why? Because our relationship with God flows out of our heart, and what we give flows out of our heart. When we talk about it giving it high way, it's because it's an important part of love's plan. This is Jesus looking at exactly what everyone is giving. 
so specific, he counted the widows. And then he calls his disciples over to talk with them about it. What is he doing? He's training them to be fivefold ministers. (laughs) He's teaching them to how to do this. Mm -hmm. He's saying this is an important part of love's plan. Okay? He calls them over and he says to them, the truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. How is that possible? Well, listen to what he says. All the others gave what they'll never miss. They gave out of their overflow. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Why is this important? The Old Testament ends with tithe, which is 10%. It's a very specific amount. What's wonderful about 10% is everyone has 10%. Yeah. Now, your 10% might be different than my 10%, but we all have 10%. If I've got a dollar, I've got 10% of a dollar. Mm-hmm. If I've got a million dollars, I've got 10% of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. 10% is equal for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's 10%. Mm-hmm. may not be the same amount. Right. God doesn't look at the amount we give, but he looks at the percentage. Mm-hmm. Because 10% is, is, is saying something to him. When I give him 10% of my income, that's, that comes from a knowledge of his plan. That's not a random throwing something in the collection offering. Mm-hmm. like these. The, and these people were throwing in large sums of money. They had an overflow. Mm-hmm. It that didn't impress him. That they wouldn't miss. Yeah, they didn't, wouldn't even miss it. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you, if, you get, if you got an income of $100,000 a month and you throw you know, $5,000 into the offering to someone else, they're like, wow, but... You don't even miss it, right? Mm-hmm. So it didn't impress God. What's God looking at? The heart. That's, this is one of the reasons God, the, the Abraham d- modeled the tithe for us. It's a specific percentage. And that, gi- that, that gives us um, uh, parameters to exercise our faith. Faith is not general. Faith is specific. So when we worship God with our tithes and our offerings, we are specific about it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because love is specific. Mm-hmm. I married Jennifer. <laughs> I know her name. Mm-hmm. I know her better than anyone else knows her. Why? It, love is specific. Okay? Our relationship with God is specific. So we bring 10% of our income to him, and we worship him with it. Mm-hmm. Where do we bring that? Well, to our church, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. where we're being fed by the fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. Every believer needs a church where they're getting revelation of Christ, where they're being fed the fullness of the gospel would be God's plan, is that every church would feed the fullness of the gospel. That's not happening yet, but praise God, we believe that's changing every day. (laughs) Yeah, but we we are a church that is endeavoring to feed you with the fullness of the gospel, to set you free from condemnation and bring you into the life and liberty of Christ. So when you're connected, man, begin to, to walk in love, begin to exercise your faith, and begin to worship God. Bring your tithe to highway and worship Him with Him every time we gather. All right? Now, why do we tithe the New Testament? Well, we just talked about it. But we're responding to love's plan. Now, I said it before. Abraham did it voluntarily 430 years before the, the, the command to tithe ever came. In the Mosaic Covenant, it was commanded because their hearts were so hearted. They had to be told. 
Their hearts were so hard they had to be told what to do. Yeah, it was a trainer. <laughs> now, the, the old covenant's gone. Here, when the New Testament, you see again a voluntary response starting in the book of Acts where they went beyond the 10%. They brought it into the church where the fivefold ministry was and they worshiped the Lord with it. We want to encourage you to begin doing that. If you're not already, begin to cultivate this dimension of your relationship with God as your father and your provider. Mm-hmm. And we, we, wanna, we want this flow to be happening. There are things to be done in Highway Church and in the church at large. It, for the remainder of 2023, uh, we, we, there are a lot of things the Lord has put in our heart to do. We need, we need money to do it. He's directed us to do things. I mean, there are at least forty to $60,000 we could use today. Right, exactly. Today. <laughs> okay? Uh, just, just, just telling you, there are things to be done. Yeah. And next year, hmm, you know, there's, there's a six-digit six, uh, figures there that, 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 need, that we're going to need to do what God's called us to do. Mm-hmm. But this is what happened. You don't need to know any of that necessarily. All you need to do is worship God with what you've got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. And listen to the Holy Spirit. You, yeah. you bring your 10%. If that's, part, if, that's, if that's a dime, two, two if all you've got is a, <laughs> right. is a dollar, bring your dime. Right, right, right. And worship God with that dime, man. If you've got $100,000, bring your 10000 He honors that. Whatever it is, that he 10%, just move that decimal point, one point to the left, and bring that tithe. If Highway Church is your church, bring it to Highway Church. And watch what God does. Watch how your relationship with him grows. And watch how this church grows. It's a part of love's plan, okay? And uh, we're going to get into this next week more and more because you don't want to be foggy. On, you wanna, God's very specific, and he's really implemented a team in the earth that consists of believers and the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And we want to flow with that, okay? We don't want to create our own plan because God has already did, got, got the perfect one. We want to flow with that. Hallelujah. And I like 1 Corinthians, well, we've been sharing with you Ephesians 4, verse 7, 8, and 11, and 12. I'll just read to you 11 and 12. It talks about Jesus ascending after he was risen from the dead, that he gave some apostles, he gave gifts unto men, he gave some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. What is our responsibility in the body of Christ as fivefold ministry gifts? It's uh, to perfect or mature the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He says, in the same way, the Lord has ordained that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. The world wouldn't understand this. This is God's plan. Why? It requires faith on all of our parts. It, it requires faith on the part of the fivefold ministry gifts. It requires faith on the part of the members of the body. It's faith on the part of the giver and, and faith, faith on, on the, the part, part of the receiver. receiver. Both require faith. Both giving require and receiving require, require faith. faith. Yes, they do. And you got to learn to do both, give and receive. Yes. And that's when a flow. That's when the flow really is starts happening. happening in your life. When you give by faith yeah. and you receive by faith. This has to... This, this, this is a, an essential flow. 
Yes, it is. Okay. The message says of 1 Corinthians 9, 14, along the same lines, the master directed, that's Jesus. Remember him sitting, looking at the offering box. The master directed, he's the head of the church, he's the head of this family, Mm -hmm. the head of this New Testament family. Mm -hmm. The master directed that those who spread the message, talking about the fivefold ministry, be supported by those who believe the message. Mm -hmm. Giving by faith, receiving by faith. Receiving by faith, giving by faith. It is a flow that we, we need to cultivate in order to be That's right. on the field, That's right. in the game, flowing with love's plan. That's good. All right? So, uh, again, this whole series rose up in my heart with the bombing when Hamas bombed Israel weeks ago. And there's just something that happened to me, and those who are with me will tell you, I just would burst out into prayer into praise. I just had this spirit of prayer on me. Yeah. And it's like I couldn't really even have normal conversations sometimes. I said, excuse me, I got to go pray. And this started rising up inside of me because, well, a lot of reasons, but there are a lot of believers who are just kind of coasting along mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and aren't in on the plan. You hear an encouraging message like that was great, but get in on the plan. Start meditating in the scriptures. Plug into a church, Highway Church. If, it, if you're getting fed by Highway, make it your church. Plug in. Every time we bring you a message, man, grab a hold of that thing. Every Sunday, every Wednesday Bible study, every podcast, eat eat up. Mm-hmm. Get strong in the, in the revelation of Christ that's being furnished for you. And worship God. Respond to that with your tithes and offerings. This is an essential weekly flow of the believer that we have kept alive in our lives, uh, in our entire marriage, and before we ever knew each other. And we want, to, we want that to be alive and flourishing in this ministry because it's love's plan. It's just that simple. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at highwaychurch.us and josephbosco.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.